Good evening, everybody. Welcome to our evening service on this uh, Easter Sunday. It's great to come together and celebrate the fact that uh, Christ is risen, at which point you meant to say he's risen indeed in the traditional Easter way. But um, it's great to, to be here today. It was a lovely service this, mo- this morning. Good to meet again this evening. This evening is going to be a service of very much a testimony and encouragement. Various people will be sharing how um, the Lord has worked in their lives and in their particular ministries uh, uh, recently. So it would be good to, to hear from various people during the course of this, e- this evening. It is great to have um, Maria and uh, Christina from Romania with us this week, and as well as Adam and Juliana. Um, great to have you here today. But um, Maria and Christina, would you mind coming up to the front so we can get to know you a little bit? Um, what we got on Tuesday, during the prayer meeting, we'll have a bit more time to um, uh, focus on the situation of the church in Romania and be able to pray for some of the things going on there. But I thought it'd be good this evening just to get to know Maria and uh, Christina a little bit. Um, so if you take the mic and um, ask you both. So for both of you, it's your first time in the UK, is that right? Yes. Yes. Um, tell us, uh, how old are you, first of all? Um. I was surprised to see that you guys received us with uh, your arms open. Um, yeah, I'm going to enjoy this time here. I'm curious about uh, your habits and I want to learn about your culture. Um, I'm going to apologize for my English, it's not so good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to enjoy this time here and I want to see how you work with kids because I do the same in Romania in my church. Great, thanks, Christine. Christine actually translated for me when I was in Romania, so her English is actually quite good. Um, uh, Tell us, Maria, what are you doing uh, at school at the moment? What are you studying? What do you want to do when you leave school? Um, Can you tell us? um, I'm in 10th grade. I'm in high school and I study math. I didn't decide what I'm going to do after leaves high school, but something with kids. I want to work with kids. Great. Thank you. Um, tell us a bit about um, your Christian faith, because, Maria, I think, um, I think I first met you probably about four years ago when I went to Romania for the first time, and um, even then you seem very mature in character and faith. Was there a time when you um, 
made actually a, a commitment to Christ, or was there a, a, is it a gradual process? Is that, is that a clear question for you? Yeah. I grew up in a Christian family. Yeah, they, t- they teach me how to uh, pray to God. They uh, teach me how to uh, have a properly relationship with Him. But one day when I turned uh, 12, uh, Pastor Julian was preaching to the church, and uh, I was amazed by this. That was the moment when I decided to follow Jesus. And after a month, I decided to get baptized. Baptized. Yeah. I had a course before the baptize. <laughs> and when I was 12, I decided to follow Jesus. And since then, since then, I work in the church with kids. Great. No, thanks very much. And uh, what about you, Christina? What um, was your... Um... Yeah, I also grew up in a Christian family. Uh, I get baptized three years ago. I decided to follow Jesus when um, he cured my sister. He was sick. We was in a camp eight years ago. She wasn't allowed to go. She wasn't allowed to stay in the tent because uh, the weather was bad. But even though we went there, because we know that uh, we knew that God uh, will heal her, and um, when I saw that someone prayed for her, and um, when we arrived in uh, in our town to check how she feels to see that if she she's good after that uh, that camp, um, the doctors was amazed because she she was good, she wasn't sick anymore. So I was impressed by that. I decided to follow Jesus for that. I've seen his grace and yeah, I decided to. And what difference has being a Christian made to your lives, to both of you? Um, Now I'm a peaceful person. Yes, there's a sense of peace, yeah, yeah. yeah, Yes. Um, I don't know, I can um, share this with people I want to, I like to talk to them and to to know that uh, to know how their problems to know what their problems are mm-hmm. and to help him as much as I can. Yeah, so it's a compassion you have mm-hmm. for people which has come from the Lord. Thank you. And Maria, do you want to say something so what difference has being a Christian made to your life? I have another vision now. Yeah, I see things different. <laughs> Sorry, I put you on the spot a bit here. It's been unfair of me. But it's really good to have you both um, with us this week. And we do hope you'll uh, really enjoy your time with us. We will. Thank and you. Um, thank you very much for taking part in the Holiday Club as well. Yes. I'm sure the children will enjoy we are really that. We're thankful for the invitation. Great, great. Thanks very much. Well, we're going to have a time um, of prayer now. Let's um, come to the Lord in prayer before we continue to sing. Father God, we do praise you that on this Easter Sunday, in raising Jesus from the grave, you shattered the power of sin and death, and you crowned Jesus Lord of all. And we do confess that we've not always bowed before him, we've not always acknowledged his rule in our lives, we've gone along with the way of the world and failed to give him glory, and so we ask that you'd forgive us. And that you'd raise us from sin, that we may be your faithful people. We thank you that when 
We were dead in our sins. You made us alive together with him when he forgave our sins. We thank you that he's wiped out that record and nailed it to the cross. Thank you that death has been swallowed up in victory. And in Christ we have the victory. And so to you, the giver of new life and renewed hope, we do bring you our prayers this evening for, for the world. We pray for Christians around the world today who have been celebrating Easter. We pray for our friends in Romania. And thank you for the visits of uh, Christina and Maria this week. I do ask that uh, you would bless their, their time with us. We do know, though, that for some the, the joy of today will be mixed with, with sadness. And we do pray again for the families of the, the Kenyans who were killed last week. I do pray that you would comfort them in their grief and loss and reassure them that those who died because they were unwilling to deny the name of Jesus are now with him in paradise. Pray for Christians in other countries who have gone to church to worship you today, knowing that by doing so they are endangering their lives. Lord, fill them with joy and peace, we pray. For John and Abby in Nigeria in the aftermath of the election, do you pray that you would uh, bring wisdom to the new president, bring peace to that country that is uh, under frequent attack? And Lord, here at home, as we celebrate the, the Easter message of hope, we do pray for the holiday club this week. Pray that the children who come along would understand that the message of the cross may be foolish, foolishness. It may be crazy to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. It is the hope of new life in Christ. And we pray that as they hear that message, they would want to follow Jesus as their Lord and their Saviour. We thank you for all those who are giving up their time this week to serve in different ways. And we pray that the team would work well together and serve with joyful hearts. I say, Lord, we ask your blessing on the rest of our time this evening that uh, as we share what you've been doing in our lives, in our ministries, that we'll be encouraged to know that your spirit is very much at work seeking to change lives. We bring you these prayers now in Jesus' name. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for that truth that your name indeed is holy, that there is no God but you. You are the living God whom today we celebrate came back to life to give each of us life. And Lord, as we have just gathered small contributions of our own giving to support the gospel going out from this place, we thank you that you've blessed us so richly. And I pray that we would give our whole lives now in service and worship of you. Amen. If you've got a Bible, um, could you just turn up Romans chapter 12? If you haven't, um, the words won't be on the screen, but I'll just read them to you. As Neil said, we just want tonight to be a time of real encouragement. Um, it's great. We've got eight people in the church who are going to share just little snapshots of what God has been doing in their life. And uh, I just want to read a couple of verses from Romans chapter 12 first um, that will just help us as uh, we come to hear some of these stories. If you're not familiar with this book, uh, Romans is a book written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome. 
And uh, chapter 12 is kind of a turning point in the letter because there have been 11 chapters which have all been explaining the Christian gospel, everything that we've been thinking about this morning, everything we've been worshipping God for. And then chapter 12, you get this word, therefore, which becomes a kind of um, uh, the, the lock, the key that unlocks the rest of the book. And chapter 12 onwards is really Paul then saying, in light of all that God has done for you, this then is how you should live. This is the kind of practical outworking of it. And uh, so you see there in chapter 12 of Romans, 11 chapters of the gospel. And then Paul says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. So he's saying, because of all that Jesus Christ has done for you, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Very odd phrase, isn't it? Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Think about living sacrifices. Doesn't make much sense, does it? A sacrifice is dead. But of course, what Paul is talking about is he's just explained the gospel for 11 chapters and Jesus Christ did the great sacrifice, the once for all sacrifice. So here, where he's calling for living sacrifices, the end of the dead sacrifices, animals being killed in our place that we can be forgiven because Jesus is the true sacrifice. And Paul says, because he's died for you, now give your whole lives, as it were, as a sacrifice to God. And he says, this is your true and proper worship. Worship is singing songs, praying to God, but it's also so much more than that. It's giving all of our life, giving all our gifts, our talents, our time, our energy, our money, back to God to serve him. And that's where joy comes as the Christian, because he's given us our life and then we give it all back. And there's great joy in giving. And so tonight there's just going to be um, eight people just sharing um, little stories of what God has been doing in their life. Um, just ask those who are sharing, please try and be concise. The idea is that these are just like little snapshot windows into God's goodness, little stories you could share to encourage us as a church. Uh, please don't feel you need to go on a long time. Um, uh, but just, we just want to celebrate as a church all that God has been doing and hear little examples of people who have been giving their lives as living sacrifices and just be encouraged to hear and see what God has been doing among us. So we're going to hear from two or three people. There's a good chance then to pray and give thanks for some of the things that are shared. Uh, we'll sing again, and then we'll hear from a few others afterwards. Um, so I hope tonight's really encouraging for you. And uh, Liz Turton is going to kick us off by just sharing a bit about some of the women's work. Thanks, Liz. Um, just a couple of things. One from um, the Women's Book Club and one from, on a more personal note, on sort of doing one-to-ones. Um, our book club's been going for a couple of terms and it, I've just found it a real encouragement to read a Christian book, get together and then discuss it um, more deeply. And we've had about 30 people who uh, dip in and out of book club. Um, but it's just been really encouraging and um, I think a good book um, encourages you to live out your faith points you to Jesus and brings you back to the Bible and to see this in action has just been really really good a bonus from that is that um, as some of the women have read the books they've then passed it on to their husbands and their friends and I know Pam um, did a book review on one of the books we'd read at Cafe Sunday and a number of people from the village and from St Mary's actually took the books away to read as well Uh, so that was a real encouragement Um, On a more personal level, when I first arrived at LCBC, um, I think one of the things that I said was that I'd do anything apart from ever lead a Bible study. Um, It was one of the things that really scared me. Um, I don't know my way around the Bible very well, and I didn't really feel I had uh, the skills to be able to lead uh, a Bible study. 
I share this because um, I actually meet up with three different people individually to do a one-to-one, which is reading the Bible and praying together. And I actually love it. I really enjoy it. It's one of the highlights um, of my week. Um, As I've stepped out and had to depend on God, he has really provided the tools that I've needed to do it. Um, He's taught me, he's grown me, he's helped me when I don't know what to say, and he's given me a real excitement for his word and to be a part of seeing his word transforming lives, really. So I'd like to encourage you to uh, step out and do it as well. (laughs) Spectrum, the art group that meets here in the church, has been a great privilege and a great joy to me for the last eight years. Um, But it's also at times almost overwhelming. Um, There is a lot of responsibility for people, um, as well as constantly needing um, to update. Um, And I have been cast back on the Lord so many times um, for his Holy Spirit to guide and bless me and to um, seek his face, not least when one of the people that I was thinking about to do a one-to-one with um, responded very positively. Um, I was quite surprised about that. I was really very nervous about asking her. And we went to the first session. I was, I was very anxious about how it would go because this person, a friend now, um, she's very intelligent. She's very articulate. She comes from a scientific background. Uh, English is not her first language. Um, And she has a very questioning mind. And the first session we had, looking at the first chapter of John, um, was fairly mind-blowing for her. And she had question after question after question. And I felt totally inadequate um, at that point. Um, And when we'd finished, she seemed to have enjoyed what we did, She went away, and I felt really um, crippling fear and anxiety for the next session, feeling totally inadequate. And I realized that this was very much the devil's attack, that I was just being overwhelmed with panic. And it drove me to prayer. It drove me to seek uh, God's help. And also, it made me, it cast me on the Lord and realized that I of myself can do nothing. um, And that his sufficiency through the Holy Spirit can work in us. And during the time in between the sessions of seeing her the second time, the Lord gave me these two verses in my daily readings. One One from Isaiah. I am the Lord who overthrows the learning of the wise and turns it into nonsense. And secondly, from Acts, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And at second session, the Bible came to life to her, and the questions she'd had on the first session and the blocks that she'd had had She saw, she understood, the Holy Spirit had opened her eyes. And like Liz, I would suggest that however nervous you are, that if you have a friend, that you start a one-to-one with them. It's great encouragement. Those of you who don't know, I uh, lead the team who run Toy Box here on a Monday morning, our our mums and toddlers group. I say mums and toddlers, though there's 
dads, granddads and grandmas, granny, uh, childminders, nannies, you name it, anybody who's got a child to look after. So it's a very rare group. Very group. Um, this last term has been quite a challenge because our numbers have rapidly increased. When we moved back into the building about a year ago, we were down to about... Um, what, 20 parents and 30 children, something like that, so around about 50. Our numbers now are averaging about 47 adults and 63 children, so we're just about doubled in our size. So I think any of you who've come along on a Monday morning have often wondered, what am I walking into? Because you can imagine it's quite a busy time. Um, but it's very popular, obviously, with the numbers, but not just from that point of view. We recently did a questionnaire um, just a few weeks ago, just getting the idea of what people wanted um, and asking them about uh, whether they would like to do another session because we've had to close the Thursday one for the time being. And we got really positive comments from everyone about just how much they like coming along to this particular um, toddler group compared to others. I think a lot of them go around to one nearly every day because they so like to have somewhere to go. And probably a lot, because most of them who come are not from church background at all. Um, and even with that, they know there is something special about Toy Box in this place. And they probably, well, they, they don't know what it is. And obviously we do because we're doing it through the love of Christ. And it's just nice to know that um, they're experiencing that. They do know there is something different about coming here to, to, along to Toy Box. So that's been a really encouraging thing for us recently. Um, we do have our challenges because with increased numbers, it does mean we could do with increased helpers. We recently had this uh, list go out about opportunities, and I'd really be keen to hear from anybody who'd like to come along and help. We really need people to come in and chat to the, to the carers. It's a great opportunity. You, sit, you can sit down with, uh, as usual here, tea, coffee, cake, it's on the go. Um, and say it's very relaxed. And they do want to chat. They're always very friendly. And uh, so people who feel they could drop in on a Monday morning and do that, we'd be really, really pleased to have you with us or in other ways that we need help. So do have a chat with me. We always find it a priority to pray before we start our session as a team. Um, that really, so we're focusing on why we're here, that we're here to serve the Lord and to have opportunities to share his love with the, with the carers that are coming in. And it is a team effort. You know, we work together well. We couldn't do it as an individual. We all work together. And I'm really grateful for the team that the Lord has given me to work with in, in these past years. And we're very conscious, and I'm very conscious, that I can only do this work, as, as both Liz and Jill have said, with God empowering me to do it and, and the rest of the team, that on our own we would just fail. Um, it's only through his, his, his uh, strength in us and through the power of his spirit that we can serve him in this way. I'm going to sing shortly. I'm just going to ask Alan if he could just pray. Is that okay? And just uh, give thanks for some of those things. Just so encouraging to hear different people who have stepped out in faith, who are leading different ministries in the church, and uh, just seeing how God is using them, often in weakness, um, but using them nonetheless. And that's a great encouragement to us. So let's just give thanks for that, and uh, we'll sing together. Glorious God, we bless you that in the life of Jesus there is life to share. And we thank you for the opportunities given to our friends in these activities we've heard of. And we thank you that the opportunity is there to be able to speak of who you are and the salvation that you have brought to us. And so we pray for 
the continuation of these needs in terms of one-to-one testimony and understanding your word in terms of reading Christian books and leading to conversations that will get others to read and we do pray for the opportunities now with the uh, little children and their carers on Mondays we pray that you will bring along more workers that will be able simply to share and sit and to show love and kindness in Jesus name Lord these things have to do with your work because you put us here to be a light in a dark place and so we pray that you will so enable your servants that more of that light may shine and more people will see the Lord Jesus as we know and love you as our Saviour and Lord. Amen. I just want to encourage us to remember our vision as a church. Um, it's not really our vision, it's a vision we really believe God has given us after a time of talking together and praying. But uh, it highlights a number of things and the key thing at the front is our vision is to see lives changed by Christ. That's what we're about as a church. We want to see people who don't know Jesus coming to understand who he is for themselves and to experience the love and joy that each of us have experienced. And that if we do know and love the Lord Jesus, we want to be a church that's encouraging one another, not just to stop, but to keep growing, to keep learning, to keep loving. Uh, it's really important. And we're going to hear a few stories now of people um, who have put their trust in Christ, for whom that song, In Christ Alone, My Hope is Found, for whom that is true. Um, but they're just going to share some little stories of how God's been working in their life. Um, so, Roy, we'd love to hear from you. Roy's going to just share a little bit about the men's prayer meeting. That was a new thing that we started as part of our vision. And also just encourage us with uh, how God's been helping him through um, a period of surgery. Thanks, Roy. What does it mean to depend on God? Uh, over the past 18 months, Letty and I have had a few difficulties and challenges regarding health. Say, so Letty broke her foot just about a year ago. And then for the last 18 months, I was having... Some pains and aches, which were gradually getting worse, but uh, I wasn't getting any answers from tests that were carried out, but uh, they all seemed to be inconclusive, so it just progressively got worse. And Letty's foot took a lot longer to heal than what we thought, because obviously it wasn't a clean break, it was several breaks in her foot, so this had set us back a bit. And we worried in many ways how we were going to manage and uh, cope with the children. But God provided for us in so many ways. And uh, he, he knows our needs and uh, we just have to bring them to him. Usually I try to attend the men's prayer meeting on uh, Tuesday morning, 6.30 we get together and uh, spend time over a passage of the Bible and sharing what's basically God has led on our hearts and what our hopes, desires are and basically where God has left us. We try to encourage one another. Uh, we know it can be difficult for men to share but we try just to share what we can and to encourage one another and pray for those that we know in need and uh, what God has led on our hearts. It's difficult, as I say, to know or be aware of needs of those around us and it's in small groups sometimes we find this is easier um, we know God can change circumstances through prayer so it is important to pray and particularly as we get together to find out what God has led on our hearts and what he can do for us 
God can change any circumstances that we bring to him and he can turn to his good. A verse I would like to share with you which means a lot through this is Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, and to give you a future. Thank you. When we were first married, we lived in a caravan on the farm, and after 12 months, the Lord opened the way for us to move into a bungalow in Cheersley when Ken became manager of the poultry farm there. During this time, we'd been looking for a fellowship which we could call our spiritual home. We were recommended to try LCBC by a dear old Cuddington lady who told us that the Spirit of the Lord is there. When we did, we were immediately struck by the love and the warmth of the members of the fellowship, although there were only about 20 plus of them and the average age was um, about our age now. From that point on, it felt like home to us. After becoming members, as soon as the church rules permitted, Ken was elected onto the diaconate, although he wasn't baptised for another couple of years. I gave my heart to the Lord when I was baptised by immersion at the age of nine. It was only when I had children of my own that I realised what a difficult decision that this must have been for my parents. I started teaching Sunday school at the age of 16 and have been involved with children and young people's work ever since. Being involved here for the past 46 years, we've had a real joy and a privilege of seeing the hand of God at work, both the ministry of the pastors and of his people. It's been great to see conversions and commitments over the years and to see how God has changed the thinking of the fellowship to keep it in line with what's going on in the world, enabling us to get alongside those in need of hearing the gospel for the first time. Whilst there have been dramatic changes in the size of the membership and in the size of the building, I mean, there's been three extensions while we've been in membership here, so uh, in different ways the things are run, two things have remained constant. The faithful preaching of God and his love have shown through his people here. We have personally experienced much love from the fellowship here over these many years. When we were homeless and I was unemployed, we had four small children to care for. It was members of this church who offered us a place to live when we experienced times of illness and being in hospital. It was our church family who kept us supplied with meals and cared for our family during hard times when we found it difficult to pray for ourselves. We have known that our spiritual family have been upholding us daily. We know that we've only been able to experience this love because God loved first. It's always been his love shining through his people. And this has been a tremendous witness to those outside of the church and to our own family. Our eldest daughter, Christophine, made her profession of faith as a result of seeing God working in our lives during her dad's time of unemployment. So the thing is, what lessons has God taught us over the years? God is always out in front, constantly surprising and challenging us. God gave us a vision in the early leadership that this would be a place of sending out of gospel workers into many situations. And we praise him that we've been able to witness these things coming to pass, not only missionaries and ministers, but church plants. We sincerely believe that this is just the beginning. 
we have also learned that God will do what he says he will, although often we can't possibly understand how. This makes it all the more exciting. Faith and trust are certainly the key. Don't try and bottle God. He loves to do things the impossible way. We have learned not to rely on our own resources, but to trust God and obey. One of the things we've learnt, or are now learning, is to accept graciously the changes in style and presentation in ways of worship and teaching that some of the older people extended to us when we first came here in order to keep the message relevant to today's culture. Our wedding day reading was from Matthew chapter 6. For this reason I say to you, do not be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for your body as to what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth more, much more than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single cubit to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory did not clothe himself like one of these. But if God so arrays the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more do so for you, O men of little faith? Do not be anxious then, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or with what shall we clothe ourselves? For all these things the Gentiles eagerly seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. On that wonderful day, we had no idea what the future held, but we put our hands into the Lord's and used this passage as our blueprint for life together. It's been quite a ride, testing at times, but also exhilarating. And it's not over yet. <laughs> Isn't that just a great encouragement? You've got an example of a family who've had trouble and difficulties in the short term and God has been faithful. And then an example of a couple who've been serving the Lord faithfully for many years, uh, far longer than I've even been alive, and God has been faithful. And he's faithful in both because God doesn't change. It's a great encouragement, isn't it? We're going to hear just a couple more testimonies now of people who've been reading their Bibles and have been finding that really joyful and uh, perhaps trying something that's a bit new. Um, So Marion and then Lydia, thanks. I first became a Christian in 1969, and so I should know my Bible really well, but I confess that that's one of the areas of my Christian life where I really feel I've failed and I've not been faithful in, in reading and studying the scripture. And um, back in December, I took voluntary redundancy, so I was able to spend more time at church and being involved in different things. And one of the first things I got involved with was Connect. And um, through reading Jonah together, the Lord really challenged me in many ways. Um, And I found that really helpful. And then when uh, Word One to One was suggested... 
I kind of initially might thought, what do I have to do? <laughs> and then God's been really challenged me uh, about being obedient to him. And I just knew that I had to just buy the books. I didn't know how I was going to do it with or anything. Um, then I thought, oh, I know who I can ask. And I asked this person and they weren't interested. And I thought, oh, well, never mind. I've done my bit. And then Francis said, would I do it with her? And I thought, well, okay, all right. I can, you know, be brave. And um, I can truly say it's been fantastic. Um, one of the things that we were um, given as a suggestion before we... Because I've tried all sorts of Bible reading notes over the years, and I've just mechanically gone through it, read this, the scripture, read what they've said, prayed the prayer, but it's felt so mechanical. And it's, you know, although I've got bits out of it, I found it really difficult. And um, I believe it was Liz that suggested to Francis that um, rather than dive into the actual notes is to to read the passage, just read it. And for both of us to actually think what what, what actually the passage says to us, what what strikes us about the passage. And there have been so many things that we've, you know, these passages are passages that I've, I've, I've read over and over or had heard read and and each time there's something that's popped out and I've gone wow I can't remember reading that before or oh what and and the Lord's really blessed it and he's really helped us both to grow closer together but to to really sort of it's been a it's been a, a a grounding to 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 spend time with the Lord as well as with each other and it's just been so encouraging and so anyone who's not embarked on it I, I really think it's such a good tool and God can use it and use it to to encourage you in small groups of just ones and twos um, to, and, and it's just been amazing and um, yeah Thank you, God. <laughs> Thanks, Marion, very much. It's really encouraging to hear. Well, Marion's recently retired and she's been getting into her Bible reading, and Lydia's uh, not yet retired. Do you want to come up? Very brave of you to come up and stand in front of all these people and tell us. So it's great to have you here. Lydia, can you hold that and then everyone can hear you? Can you just tell us what you've been doing in S Club this last term? We've been learning about the Easter sto- story when um, Jesus was play- praying in the garden of Gethsemane and then was taken to be crucified and three days later he was um, he rose again. And what, what do you like about S Club? S Club if you don't know is the groups that happen during the service when the children go out. Just tell us what do you enjoy about S Club? Because people tell you about the Bible. And you get to read about Jesus and learn. That's brilliant isn't it? And I know you've got a beautiful Bible that you're always holding and you're reading. Why do you enjoy reading the Bible? Because through the Bible, God can speak to us and learn how to live your life. There you go. Couldn't say it better myself. Through the Bible, God can speak to us and help us to live our life. That's great. Well, thank you for encouraging us. And uh, there's a great example. Um, Brilliant. Can we uh, spend some time just praying? Jeff, could you pray for us? Just thank God for some of those uh, testimonies and stories.
Our Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your power at work in our lives. And we've heard some testimonies tonight, Lord, of what you've done in people's lives and how you've carried them through, Lord, in reading your word, understanding your word, casting themselves upon you, and how you've provided for all of our needs, Lord. We just thank you for these things. We thank you, Lord, that you are real, you are true, you're alive, you're active, Lord, in our lives, Lord, when we submit to you. And Father, we we want to just bless you tonight and just say thank you so much, for Lord, for your incredible love. Lord, coming into this world, just giving yourself to us wholeheartedly, totally and utterly to death, Lord, and then coming back to life and Lord, filling us with your spirit, Lord, and giving us a new life, Lord, a life which, Lord, before we came to believe, Lord, we would have um, difficulty in understanding how our lives could be changed so much. And so, Father, we just thank you for these testimonies and we just give you all the glory for them. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Rob, just uh, last story, last but not least, uh, Monday morning, I guess, come up, um, come on, grab this mic here. Monday morning, I guess many will enjoy a day off, but Tuesday, uh, it's back to work for many people. Um, it would just be great to hear a little encouragement. Uh, Rob's a typical working man here, works long days, hard work, and it'd be just great to hear a little bit about um, what you do and how God's been helping you. So for those who don't know, uh, where do you work? Okay, so I work as a train planner, um, which is doing timetabling and adjustments to the timetable um, and where trains end up to start the next day. So, um, and I work in Banbury. So you're responsible and uh, we can write and say thank you when the trains are on time <laughs> and complain when they're not. Great, well, uh, thank you for all that you do do. Tell us, um, what are some of the challenges with the kind of work that you do? Um, I guess over the last um, year, I've learned a, a lot about work and a lot about how faith fits into work and personal priorities as well. Um, I have been on the management trainee scheme um, where I work and um, that came to, came to an end um, towards the end of last year. Um, I was put onto a placement um, where we had the task of improving the reliability of one of the trains that we run and um, it fitted very well with um, the things that I'd learned have come from an engineering background, um, the things that I learned on the management trainee scheme and um, we had some real successes as a team um, and we were really achieving things and by all accounts things would there'd be a way to transfer from the work I was doing there um, into longer term employment in that area. Um, having come back off, off holiday, um, we, um, the team was told at very short notice that um, our work was ending, that there wasn't even a chance to wind up what we were doing. Um, and real insight into how business priorities can really just um, decisions can be made and literally the things that you put time and effort into um, can just end just like that um, and it was really like that we all ended up in different bits of the business um, and um, I ended up um, being in a part of engineering where I was dealing with um, statistics and results um, something that I didn't find easy um, and equally, I always, uh, being trying to do things as well as I can, I always like to understand what it is I'm doing. And when I started to dig down into the work that I was doing, 
um, I found that actually um, it, it was producing results without any understanding of what was actually going on and so created myself a lot of work um, because I wanted to actually understand where these results were coming from and ensure they were correct and um, in terms of process. And um, it, it, along with this restructure that was going on at the same time, um, it was, I don't know whether it was the right thing or wrong thing to be doing at the time, but it ended up being very tough and um, when, in terms of priority, one thing I've learned is that business will take as much as it get, you can give it. Um, and alongside doing a course outside of work, I was spending a lot of time um, in work. Um, things were um, very tough, and it ended up um, to, um, having to apply for the job that um, I was currently doing um, alongside other positions as well, um, and having to do the same external application process um, as everybody else. And again, even more time, even more pressure. Um, at the end of that process, it actually turned out that um, they, they didn't want me to continue doing the job that I was doing. And I was left without any clear course forward in engineering, which is the field that I know. Um, and thankfully, I'm a Christian, and it was a time to actually um, trust in the Lord um, as I had been going through, um, and a position came up, or, or I was approached directly by the train planning team for a 12-month um, placement um, to do some extra train planning work that was um, was needed due to a lot of engineering work that's going to have on over the um, next 12 months. Um, so, having been told that there wasn't a clear course forward in engineering, I was able to. Um, that God really provided this position and provided it at such a time that I was able to walk out of the meeting when I was told this um, to actually um, know that I had the train planning position as, as an option um, and by the end of the day I knew that um, what I was going to be doing and it was over Christmas this so it was literally leaving um, work before Christmas having been told this and came back and was able to start in a new position and I thank God for his provision of that um, there's been some real lessons in terms of um, firstly trust um, we've had sort of been in um, fairly busy in terms of out and about and been to different churches and the, the, the repeating message that comes up is is trust and equally um, to be joyful in the Lord um, because if you've got a real joy in the Lord actually it puts the other things in life in um, their relevant priorities um, and it's been a fantastic lesson um, I don't know where the future is at the end of this year um, I don't have a direction I um, Potentially, there's more train planning work, but whether it's actually best use of my skills, I don't know. But what I do know is that actually, in terms of um, trusting the Lord, that it's um, that God's got a plan. He does provide, mm. and um, there's. I don't think I, I'm sure I'm not the only Christian in the workplace who's in this sort of position. Um, so keep praying for those who are working. Um, pray. For 
as we witness, because actually as these challenges come along, our response to them and the way in which um, we deal with them um, will affect our witness at work. And it's so easy to get bogged down in the, the detail of our own situation that it then becomes very difficult to witness to others. Um, I've had some, just the other week, um, in the office where I am now, I had one of the guys come up to me after work and say, you're a Christian, aren't you? And start to have a conversation around that, completely unprovoked. So they do see what we're doing by way of witnessing our workplace. Um, and specifically to the railway, do pray for that. Um, it's, there's a number of people doing shift work and working, um, it, who work fairly antisocial hours. And so actually when it comes to... Um, sort of interacting with people they might not necessarily um, get those chances to interact um, that you would normally get. Um, there's the Railway Mission who do uh, excellent work um, but really need prayer and especially one of their missions is to, they give out a calendar every year and there are a number of people who have that calendar up on their desk with a verse for every single month and so again if you want something specific to pray for um, pray that that those verses that are actually on people's desks in the workplace um, would get read and would get understood. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Thanks for sharing, being really honest, and a little window into the pressures of some people's work. Uh, well, we're going to close there, and we're going to uh, sing a final song as the band come up. Um, but just, I guess, as I've been listening to all those different stories, um, two things have really stood out to me. One is God's goodness. He is good. And the other is God's faithfulness. He's always good. So as we sing this last song and as we go into the week ahead, let's remember he is good and he is faithful. Thanks. Let me just read those verses from Romans together as we close. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So friends, let's remember that God is good and let's remember that God is faithful. And let's give our lives this week to serve him. Amen. Amen.